Welcome to One Cause Church. We hope you enjoy this inspirational message. Um, so my name is Andrei Bronkhorst. Um, English is not my first uh, language. Um, Afrikaans is, I speak three languages, um, Afrikaans, and then I speak in tongues and English. <laughs> That's my three languages. Um, so uh, I'm excited to be here. Pa- Pastor Eric was in South Africa yes, three years or so ago, and um, I really enjoyed it. He was one of the speakers on the conference that we did, um, a prophetic conference, and um, the word that he brought that day was just so, said so, many, so much revelation in, it was such a blessing to me. Uh, we were spending time together after the service, and um, just something in my spirit happened. I really enjoy being here, enjoying to connect with him. Um, we have we don't have a lot of pastors today that's kingdom-minded. It really has a heart for God's kingdom. A lot of people are building their own ministries, own agendas, and um, I really connected with with him in that way that he really has a heart for God's kingdom. And if we can realize that, um, you know, God will build your kingdom. He will build your ministry, he will build your business, he will build that. But we have to focus on, on his kingdom. I want to tell you that everyone that's inside this building this morning is called for full-time ministry, each and every one of us. Our offices just looks different. So it doesn't matter what you're doing, God wants to use you right there. So whether you are in business or full-time pastor, it, it doesn't matter. You know, church doesn't end when we leave here today. God wants to use you out there. And he wants people to look at you and, and be encouragement to them where they are. I'm married now for nine years, um, and uh, I've got a son. He's two years old. He's got all my good qualities and character and all his mother's bad <laughs> habits. <clears throat> so um, I'm looking forward to go back. Uh, I'm leaving tomorrow, and uh, it takes me about two days to get home. If I get out on a plane tomorrow, I'll be at home uh, on Wednesday night, and then we'll uh, celebrate his birthday. He doesn't look like either, you know, like me or my wife. I don't know where he really comes from, but he's, um, um, he's got uh, light, very light, white blonde hair and blue eyes and completely different. But uh, God has given him to us. So um, we, uh, we're not thinking of any more children yet. <laughs> he's um, he's uh, one in ten, so he's really busy. I don't know if you have, some of you have busy children, but we're enjoying him and I'm looking forward to be spending time with my family. As soon as I get back, we're leaving on vacation. I've been on the road for a while, um, just in and out of the country, short times. Um, I went to Switzerland, and I've been home for a week, and then came here, and then I'm going home now. And uh, that's it. The main purpose that God has called me for is to restore the prophetic. So I do prophesy, and I love, love to prophesy, but there's um, the church or and, and the world has ideas of the prophetic, and uh, God has called me to bring balance, biblical balance, back of the prophetic within the church to help people understand um, the local church is still relevant and God still wants to use the local church. So the, the prophetic gift, New Testament prophet like myself, I'm called to, uh, to assist or to help the gifting or the church that's already planted there. God sent Pastor Eric here. It took him years to prepare him and to plant him here. And, and God is not going to use an idiot prophet like me to come and mess up the calling on his life. So God has a purpose for him. So when I am here, I submit my gifting under this house. I'm here to build what has already been established here. I'm not here to give the church new direction or to do any of that. Um, I'm, sh- I'm sure if God picked him for the job, God will tell him what to do. God will use him. So, so God will, won't just give him half of the information. So I'm here to support that. And it's really important for people to understand 
If you have a prophet that comes in your church and leaves, and when he, when he leaves, people leave with him, it's a problem. It's not good. It's not what God's heart is or the purpose is for, for the prophetic in this time. We're here to assist and to build this church. Um, I, I function here in the prophetic gift, and I'll minister to as many people as I can, even tonight. But when I leave, it's done. I do not minister to people after the service. I don't minister to people next week. Um, after that, I give you your pastor's number. <laughs> you can phone him because he can prophesy as well. <laughs> so, um, so that's that's it. So I'm here to come and and stir something in the spirit. But God will continue with that work within this church and with you guys and the leadership, and that's it. So I am very. Uh, it seems a lot of people don't understand that they have a lot of ideas in, in what the purpose of the prophetic is. But the main purpose of a prophet is to Strengthen your relationship with God. It's the main purpose. After I've prophesied this morning or ministered, you should really have a des- need to have a desire to spend time with God. That's it. Um, you know, I don't want people to remember me or what I do, and that I'm part of God's kingdom. I work in His kingdom, and that's that's it. I'm part of part of that. I want to read the scripture to you this morning, Romans chapter eight, verse fourteen. <coughs> it says, "For those who are laid by the spirit of God." are the children of God, in my translation. Um, recently, God has been speaking to me. I just came back from Singapore, and I was home, and the uh, Lord spoke to me, and he said to me, Andre, uh, you work for me, right? So I said, yes, Lord. <laughs> so he said, I pay your salary. I said, yes, Lord, you are right. <laughs> Correct, again. So the Lord said to me, Andre, I want you to understand that when you leave your house, you are on my time until you step back into your house again. Because normally I travel a lot, and normally um, I'm so focused in, in, in going to places and in getting there. So it takes me two or three days to get there, and, it's, and I'm so focused in just getting there and then preaching, and, and then two days again home. So the Lord spoke to me and said, Andre, you're on my time if I pay your salary. So the first moment that you leave your house, you're on my schedule. So I have things, appointments, and things for you, even along the way, on the plane, at the airport, and so many different areas that I have for you, not just the preaching, not just being there. So I suddenly started to realize that, and the Lord really started to speak to me about being led by the Spirit, being open and aware uh, in what He wants to do. There's so many situations constantly every day, and if we don't allow God, and if we're not led by God, we're going to miss out on blessings. You can see a hundred miracles every day, or you can see none. It's the same life, the same day. It all depends on what you are aware of. If you become aware of what God wants to do and His plan, suddenly you start to see God work. You see so many things. You know, I travel through Dubai um, uh, every time when I travel, it's, it's my halfway pit stop. And I never, never had a heart for the people there. <clears throat> it was just the airport for me. It's just a stopover. That's it. And I want to get done and get and, and move on. Until I realized this, and God started to, to give me a heart for for all cultures, you know, for everyone. And suddenly, there's just so many miracles and things that has happened on the way, on planes, miracles happening, people getting healed, you know, just amazing, amazing things, the same plane that I've been on for years, now suddenly, su- supernatural things start happening. You know, I, 
I try not to tell people that I am in ministry. You know, so when I get on a plane, they always ask me, so what do you do? And it's a, it's a difficult question to answer. So I tell them, I build. And they say, oh, what do you build? People. <laughs> and then, then the conversation starts, and, and then it's over, and, and I don't get to watch movies and do things <laughs> like that that normal people should do on planes. Um, but to be led by the Spirit, and I want to speak to you specifically on this this morning, because there's so many things that God wants to do in your life right now. So many people he wants to touch in certain situations where you think it's just normal life and normal things, but God wants to intervene into those situations. But if you don't give him the space or the capacity to start to function, you will continually miss out on things that God wants to do in your life. God has deposited so, uh, it's, it's like he, he took a treasure and he broke it into millions of pieces and he's deposited something inside each and every one of us. There's something in your life that I need, and I can't live without it. I can try to live my life on my own and say I know everything and I know how it works, but there's just some areas of my life where I don't have revelation on, and I need what is inside you. There's a treasure that's inside you that can really make my life easier. Um, Pastor Eric has certain revelation on things, and that's where when he said those things, it really touched my heart because I don't have a revelation on those areas, but, but God has given it to him. So I could push him away and say, no, 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 I know what to do. Or I can sit and learn from him and accept the gift or the anointing that's upon his life. So I want you to understand that the person right next to you this morning has something inside them that's vital to your life, that's vital to your purpose on earth. And if we can just, it's, can just learn to look past what we see, the outward appearance, and see the gift of God within them, you know, I don't like it to tell my wife that she is right. I don't. <laughs> but she has some things in her, and she is sensitive to the Spirit in certain ways where I am not. So when I, have, when I get that information, you know, it, it really helps me, and it can bless me. I was in Singapore in December, and I had to, move, to fly to Indonesia for an appointment with a couple of pastors to set up things this year. But I was on uh, vacation, and um, so the five pastors there phones me and they say, please, would you, it's going to be easier for you to take a flight to us. It's a 45-minute flight than for all five of us to, to come here to, to Singapore. So would you please come on that? But it wasn't the original agreement. And um, it was a bit difficult because I'm on vacation. So I said to my wife, you know, what, what do you think? And she said to me, you know, no, you don't go. Um, you, we're on vacation and we're spending time now. So if they... If, so." Eventually, she said to me, if you really want to go, you can go, but um, I, don't th I think you should stay and be here with us. Ned. So I, I phoned them and said, okay, no, I'm not going to. But I almost, I was sitting in front of the computer, and I was busy booking my flight. In the, we stayed on the airport in the hotel, busy booking my flight for the next morning. Just a quick flight in and out, there and back. And while I was sitting there, um, I didn't have peace about it. So I said, okay, no, I'm going to cancel it. So I said to them, we'll, we'll meet up later this year or so. Went to bed that night, the next morning when I woke up on CNN News, a bomb went off in the exact airport that I would have flown into that morning. Exact same place. My wife looked at me and she said to me, I saved you. <laughs> 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 so I said to her, no, you didn't. <laughs> but 
And she keeps on teasing me with this situation. She says, I'm a, she's my hero and things like that. But anyway. Um, so in certain areas, she's sensitive to things. And, and I, don't, you know, I don't think that I'm so special that God has just saved me from this, this thing. But if we are sensitive to the Spirit and if we rely on other people and um, you know, get counsel from them and advice, God can really help us. One of the challenges with God's voice, and you have to understand everyone inside this place can hear God's voice, each and every one of us. Whether you're obedient to that is another matter. We're going to speak about that tonight. Um, but we all can hear His voice. One of the things that really accelerates God's voice to a, the next level in your life is obedience. Not obedience to the law, obedience to what God tells you to do. If you are obedient to that, it really takes His voice to a different level and spiritually takes you to that. And that's what's really important. But for that, we need to be led by the Spirit. We need to hear from the Lord and wait for Him. We're living in, a, in such a fast-paced life where everything is fast, everything. Um, in South Africa, half of the things that you have here in the States, we don't have in our country. A lot of things that you do here, we, we're not there yet. And it's amazing for me to see that, um, uh, you know, to see how, how fast certain things is. I was sharing this morning that, that we don't have drive-through pharmacies. You know, that is very, really amazing to me, <laughs> a drive-through pharmacy. There's one close to the hotel where I'm staying, and I went there yesterday, and uh, I was trying to find the entrance for the pharmacy. And they explained to me that this is, this is a drive-through, so you need to <laughs> come with a car through here. So... We live in such a fast-paced life where everything has become so easy and, and quick. But when it comes to God, God is not moved by our fast-paced life. And um, we, we, a lot of times we try to push God into a box and we want Him to speak and really quickly. It's like we're saying, Lord, I want a word from you and you have five minutes. So quickly tell me. And then if we don't get an answer from God in five minutes... We try different things. And I know people are very desperate in, in these days, so they, they, they really do ridiculous things. They go to fortune tellers and they do hand readings and so many different things because they're desperate. They're trying to find a way out and get advice. But God is not moved by it. The Holy Spirit does not go where He's tolerated, but where He's celebrated. In my relationship with God and your relationship with Him, we have to celebrate Him. You have to set time out where you can really just spend time with Him. Just be with Him. Just fellowship with the Spirit, and He will start to train you and lead you and give you so much more. I want to give you a couple of things this morning in being led by the Spirit. Um, one of the things is to be friends with the Holy Spirit, to build a friendship. There are certain things in my marriage today, after nine years of marriage, that um, my wife is sharing with me right now that she didn't share with me in the first year. It came through relationship. The same thing with God's voice. The more time you spend with God, the clearer His voice becomes. In the beginning, if my, voice ca my wife came into a place, a public place, and she called my name, I wouldn't recognize her. But now, I recognize that voice. And I know exactly the way she speaks, and, and it's easy for me. I don't have to pray about it and try, and try to find out, is this the voice of my wife? I know her voice. I, 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 I react to that, and I respond to that voice. It's a known voice to me. And the same voice of God, if you become led by the Spirit more and more, it becomes a, a very easy voice, a, a familiar voice in your life. We don't miss God today because He's too far. 
we miss God because He's too close. Because God is so close to your life that when He speaks to you, you think it's your own voice. It's your own ideas. It's your own thoughts. That's why we miss Him. To hear God's voice is not something you get that when someone prays for you. A lot of people do that and they, they preach that. To hear God's voice is something that you are born with. We are all created and born to hear His voice, each and every one of us. But we have to learn to respond to that voice and to act upon it. So a couple of the things is, the first thing is to be friends with the Holy Spirit. The second thing is to be expectant, to, to give Him the opportunity to expect the Holy Spirit to lead you in a situation and tell you what to do. What does He want to do with it? Where does He want to go? Now, when it comes to God's kingdom, there is one language that heaven does not speak, and that is fear. God does not entertain fear in His presence. He, he doesn't speak that. He doesn't understand that type of... The only language heaven speaks is faith. Every decision that we make today is either by fear or faith. Every decision. In, in finances, in relationships, everything. When your wife or husband arrives late at, uh, you know, at night, you can decide how you'll respond to that in fear or in faith. So you can be really mad at them because why are they late? Because of fear. Or you can respond in faith, and faith helps you to, to understand or have compassion on them that they might be in traffic or you don't know what the situation is about, and you can resolve it. So every decision we make is either by fear or faith in life. Now, I want to speak to you this morning about communicating to God and, and, and praying as well. You know, when we pray out of fear, God does not hear our prayers. Okay. I don't have time to go into these things um, as much as I want to. We have to learn to pray by faith. The Bible says, do not be anxious about anything, but through prayer, petition, and thanksgiving, bring your requests to God. Okay. So it's a, it's a child, my child runs and he falls, and he cries and screams, and, and I can't hear anything. So the first thing that I do is I calm him down, and then I ask him what happened, and then he tells me. So it's someone that's anxious in their lives, and they run into the presence of God and say, God, um, I don't know what to do, it's the, it's the end of the month, I have to pay some bills, I don't know what, and they're anxious. And God doesn't entertain fear. So God says, calm down, just calm down. Because right now, you're trying to convince me that your problem is bigger than me. So just, so just calm down, just calm down, and then we're going to deal with it. So are you calm? Okay, what's, what is the situation? So it's amazing to me that even in that, he says, do not be anxious about anything but through prayer, petition, and thanksgiving. So it's taking a situation, giving it to God, and then thanking him that he's going to do something about it. To thank him generates faith, more faith, that he's going to do. I was praying one morning, <coughs> and I was saying to God in my prayer time, I said, Lord, this challenge that I have right now is no one can help me with that. Just you. You're the only one who can get me out of this situation. So I give it, I put it down at your feet, and I leave it with you. And um, I left my, my prayer room, and my phone rang, and a friend of mine, he knows about the situation, said, he said to me, what's happening about it? So I explained to him, I said, this, this, this is happening. So he said to me, just give me five minutes. I think I know someone who can, who can sort this out for you. I'll get back to you just now. 
So when I put the phone down, God immediately spoke to me and said to me, Andre, you don't trust me. I said, God, I do. It's only you. This is really big. Only you can help you. And God said to me, you just told me you're giving this thing to me. Five minutes after that, you spoke to someone else about it. I said, God, he knows people. You know, he's really got good connections. <laughs> Maybe he knows people that you don't know and he can really <laughs> get this thing done. At. And I've realized that so many times we, we have two doors open. We have the one door in our relationship with God and, and we give it to him and we trust him, but we have other doors that we, you know, while God is working the miracle, I'm going to quickly try one of these things and see maybe if this will work out in the meantime. I was in a, a town in, in, in Africa and uh, I was standing with a pastor right next to me while he raised someone from the dead. I was witnessing it, and I was looking at this, and I was amazed at what, what God did. I was in tears on my way home, and I, I cried out to God, and I said, Lord, why don't we see this in, in the city where I come from? You know, why don't we experience, we do experience miracles, but not on this scale. And God said to me, Andre, in South Africa, you have too many alternatives. If someone gets sick, they can go to a doctor. If the doctor can't help them, they go to a specialist. You know, and so it goes on and on and on. And when at, at, at last, when, when the doctor says, Sir, there is nothing that I can do for you. You're going to die. Then we cry out to God. Then we say, Lord, please help. When you go through a financial crisis, same thing. There's always someone that will borrow you money. There's always a bank that will help. And when the banks say, you know, we, sorry, sir, we, we, we're not going to help you at all now, then you can go to family. And then when your own family say, we don't want anything to do with you now, then we cry out to God and say, Lord, please help me in this situation. If we want to see God's power and miracles work again, we have to put him back in the first place again in our lives. We have to give him that place. Today, my, my wife's a doctor, um, so, so I, I believe in doctors. Uh, I thank God for doctors. If it, if it weren't for doctors, a lot of Christians would have died by now. So, so they do help, but um, I, they do. Um, I, I'll take my child to a doctor any time, but I won't take my child to a doctor before I've prayed for him. I don't do that. Um, even in finance and things, when we have challenges, yes, there's a lot of people and avenues, and you can always make more debt than that. Yes, but I first consult God. I first go to God and say, Lord, please, this. What do you say about this? Lead me in this. And I want to encourage you through this this morning to start to allow the Holy Spirit to come and lead you, to be led by the Spirit, to say, Holy Spirit, this is the situation that's happening. Show me, guide me. What do you want me to do about this? Where do you want me uh, you know, to go in this direction? You'll, you'll be amazed at what will start to happen around you. You know, divine appointments and things. It's amazing how when a miracle happens, we are so amazed. While it should be normal to us, <laughs> it should be an everyday thing. I'm not saying it's, it doesn't have value. I'm saying we should see miracles every day. But every now and then, you know, if I, if I listen to someone's testimony, they say, they would start and they would say to me, you wouldn't believe what I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> it's too good to be true. <laughs> Christians, they, they speak like that. You know, it's, it's what's, what I'm going to tell you right now. You, know, you wouldn't believe. What God did for me. Yes. 
I can believe it. You know, God is our Father, and He has the ability to do supernatural things in our lives. Supernatural things. I have some testimonies and things that happen in our life, lives. We recently, um, we opening another facility in a, in a different province close to Cape Town, and we recently, God led us to open, to open this facility, and we're busy opening it, and um, uh, it's, a, it's a, like a conference center that sleeps 160 people, and we bought the property, built this, developed this place with, um, with only with a word from God. That's it. And while we, <coughs> we had to sign for this property, and it was really a step of faith, and we signed for it, my father said, he's going to fly back to Pretoria and see if we can maybe get a second mortgage or something on the existing property that we have or try to get the money ready because we have 14 days to, to you know, get the money. And he flew back, and within two days, three days from that, a man phones us. And I want, to, I want you to hear this, uh, this the way that, that God does this miracle. God, a man phones us, and he says the following thing. He says, um, I heard about what you guys are doing, the ministry that you have. I want you to know that I don't agree with what you're doing. I don't agree with your form of ministry. I don't agree with, with you know, what you believe in and your doctrines and all that. So I want you to understand that. But God told me to pay everything. The entire property, the land, the building, everything, cash right now. So, if you, so send me your banking details. In five minutes, the money is there. That's, that's, how we, that's, that's who God uses. You know? <laughs> I don't believe in what you're doing. I don't support that. But, but God told me to do it, and that's the reason why I'm doing it. <laughs> Supernatural. Um, I wanted to sit with this man and just meet him, and he said, if you thank me, then I'm not giving you the money, because it's not from me, it's from God. I don't like you. <laughs> that's that's his, his way. So I've, um, I, I got the opportunity to, to spend a little time with him, and he has the weirdest doctrines and things that he believes in that. But it's amazing who God will use, and, and, and for us, that God would use someone out of our circles that's not with us, that we don't know, that's, that we've got nothing to do, and speak to him while he was sleeping. He had a dream that night, this man, and God spoke to him about our situation, and he responded to that. God can speak to anyone about your situation. Anyone. God can use dreams and visions to people that you don't know, and, and God can send them here from, a, from another part of the world to come here and to bless but your focus and heart must be God. The purpose must be, Lord, Lord, I want to build your kingdom. That's my desire. Nothing else. Not what I, my ambitions, my ideas, your kingdom. I have been traveling a lot, and, and I am not moved today by crowds. I've preached for crowds. I'm, I'm going to, to Bulawayo now in Zimbabwe. I'm going to preach for a church of 150,000 people in Bulawayo, in the Afri African state. It's not difficult to get a church of that size because there's so many people living there. So it's not a big thing. <laughs> so I'm not moved at all anymore about crowds. Whether I preach for a crowd of a thousand or thousands of, or ten, I am moved by my love for God. That's what moves me. And I just want to be in God's plan and in His purpose right now. It's the only thing that I want to do. 
there can be someone here today, and God can send me all the way here to just touch and activate one person. That's it. I was at, at the airport one day, and I was sitting there and crying, being, getting really negative about the world and everything that's happening. And um, I was crying and saying to God, Lord, how many people is it going to take to change a nation, to make an impact in the world? And I was sarcastic. I said, God, is it going to take a hundred, a thousand? How many people, how many pastors, how many ministers have to stand up to, make, to really make a difference? Because it seems we're not moving forward. And I'm sitting in the airport, I'm looking at the floor and I'm crying, and a man walks past me. He puts his hand on my shoulder and he says, God says it's going to take one. And he walks on. <laughs> in God's kingdom, it works by different principles that we don't always understand. And his, his kingdom, he doesn't necessarily need millions or thousands. He needs one man that will respond to the call of God. One man that will get up, one woman that will get up and do what God told him to do. That's it. I want to end with a scripture, Mark chapter 4, verse 35. It's one of my favorite scriptures, passages. So many things we can get to, but I want to focus on one part this morning. It says, that day when evening came, he and his disciples, um, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him, a furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Jesus functions out of a kingdom where there is no fear, but just faith. So, he looks at his disciples and he says, why do you still have no faith? Is every decision that you make in life still just out of fear? They are really close to him and uh, this one storm took their relationship with him from a really good place to a really bad place. Before they got into the boat, they were close to him. When the storm came, they started to accuse him that he doesn't care about their lives and uh, he's... he's so, they, so immediately their relationship went to the worst place it could be. I said, you, you don't care about us. You don't love us. You don't worry about our lives and our futures. They immediately start. But at that moment, I want you to look at where Jesus is. At that moment, he's sleeping on a cushion, even in the storm. I want to share something, a vital principle with you this morning, that it seems to me in God's kingdom and from his kingdom, if we live from there, that the only, only storms in life that we have authority over is the ones that we can sleep in. It's the ones that doesn't take our peace. And I want to encourage you in this year, specifically, specifically 2016, something that's really important about this year is to keep your peace. Because if the enemy can take your peace, he can replace it with fear and a lot of other things. You know, money comes and goes. You cannot let your peace go for, for something like money. You can do it. You have to protect and keep your peace as much as you can this year. And try. We just had a situation, me and my wife, something that we had to deal with, and it was really a big thing. And then we sat down, and I said to her, we cannot allow. This thing is not, it's not worth more than our peace. God can replace this. God can quickly change this. Let's protect our peace. Let's have peace 
And suddenly when we, when we focused on peace, immediately the situation became really small. Not something big anymore. God can fix it in a moment. But when you lose your peace, it sometimes takes a while to get it back. It takes time to, for that peace to be restored in your life. After Jesus resurrected, he walks into a room with his disciples and he says, peace be upon you. Not as the world gives, but as I give. And part of this this morning, prophetically, I want to come and speak into your life and want to speak into your storms this morning. And I want to say peace to you and peace over that storms. Um, I pray that all tension would leave you this morning. Any form of tension, any form of stress, any form of worries would leave you. That's not, that's not where God wants, wants us to function, us to function off or from that point of, of place. God wants us to, to function out of peace. When you have peace, the way that you make decisions is different. When you're anxious, you make a lot of wrong decisions. And specifically with the voice of God, all of us can hear the voice of God. But there's one thing that really influences the voice of God for us to, to hear in the wrong way, and that is emotions. When me and my wife have a, a, a fight or we disagree on something, you know, we are emotionally. And sometimes, you know, if I have a fight with my wife and I spend time with God, God will tell me to get divorced from my wife. And it's not God. It's my emotions. <laughs> it's how I feel. And therefore, if we wait upon God, a lot of times if you are emotional, you can hear the wrong things. You can make the wrong decisions. But it's amazing how God has given us something, this one thing, that will quickly take care of your emotions and quickly handle and bring, you, bring peace, and that is worship. I don't know why, really, why. I don't know the, the history of, of, about it, but I don't know why we always have worship before a sermon. I don't know why, the, what the reason was for that. But it's amazing because it brings peace back upon you. Because you can come in here and you can have all these challenges and all these frustrations, all things going on, but when you walk into worship, suddenly it calms your emotions down. Suddenly it, you, you're peaceful and you're ready and receptive to the Word of God and to, to take it and run from there. <coughs> I want to encourage you this morning specifically on being led by the Spirit. I want, you, I want you to ask God specifically in your life and to be open to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life, where the Holy Spirit wants to lead. You, you might be in a situation right now and you just want to get out of it. You just want to get it fixed. You just want to get over it. You, you just want to get out of the season in your life. But I want you to look at a different point of view to that situation and ask the Holy Spirit, what do you want to do in this situation? What do you want to do about it? How do you want me to handle this situation. Where, where do you want me to go with this? Um, it's amazing how we want to fix ourselves constantly. I had um, a meeting a while ago, and it's um, I. I love to be on time for for my meetings. Sometimes I would be there an early an hour early before a meeting. It's really important to me. And um, I had this me meeting one morning at seven uh, with a friend of mine, and um, I get to the restaurant an hour before it, and while I'm there. Sitting in the car outside, I realized I'm at the wrong place. So, but it's okay, I still have time to, to be there. And uh, I get in the car and, and, and drive on and get to the second restaurant where I have this meeting. And uh, I get out and I walk, it's five to seven. I walk into the restaurant and it's a friend of mine that I know that's there. So I walk to his table, I said, um, I've got a meeting here in five minutes. 
but I just, uh, can I sit with you while I wait, while I'm waiting for my meeting? He says, yes, please. So I sit with him. And he said to me, I've got a, I've got, uh, I want you to, I want to explain, ask you something, if you could maybe help me with it. Now, this guy, a friend of mine, Rudy is his name, he always asks things that no one thinks of. He's that type of person. And um, so immediately when he said to me, can I ask you something? I thought, oh, Lord, help me. And um, he asked me the question, and immediately the answer comes, comes up, and I, and I say to him, you know, this is what you need to do. This is and this and that, and it's done. My phone rings, and it's the guy that I have the appointment with. He says, I'm in, where are you? I'm in the restaurant. And I look around. I said, I'm here. And I realized I'm at the wrong place. And it was not the first or the second. It was another place. So I'm driving. I said, I'm sorry. I'm on my way. Ran out, jumped jump in the car, and I'm driving there. And I'm so upset at myself because how can I do this? How can I miss it three times? And I re I'm really upset. I'm there late, and so I have the meeting with him. From there, I'm driving home, and Rudy phones me, the guy from the second restaurant, and he says, Andre, I know you think you were at the wrong place this morning, but, but you were really there for me at the right time because I really needed an answer on this situation. I want to thank you for that. So I said to him, Rudy, thank you for that, but you're not, you're not helping me at all. You know, <laughs> I missed it. I made a mistake, so thank you. I got home, and I walked into my office, and, and when I walked in, the Lord started to speak to me. And I was so upset on my way home. I, I even used this phrase, and I said to myself, I said, Andre, you are disabled. What's wrong with you? You know, how can you, you know, <laughs> what's, and I was really, really upset with myself. And uh, I'm walking into my office, and the Lord speaks to me, and he says the following. He says, Andre, if it's not for the disabilities in your life, I can't use you. And I realized that that morning, I had an appointment, but God had an appointment as well. Amen. I had to be somewhere, but the Holy Spirit wanted to lead me to a different place. But because of my disabilities or my weakness, God could use me. He could do and, and do through me that He wanted to do. I want to <laughs> explain to you this morning some, there might be some weaknesses in your life and it's really frustrating you at this moment and you're trying to fix it or get over it. But I want to ask you, what if it is those weaknesses that has drawn God to your life in the first place? What if it is those areas that, that God stepped into and said, because you are weak here, I'm going to help you. The world is so focused in fixing everything. And making us stronger than that, I want to tell you something about God. There's one thing that God loves, and that is when you admit you're weak. Every now and then, we should go on our knees and say, Lord, I can't do this without you. God loves it. <laughs> he loves it if we can admit we need Him. He likes it. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's okay to, to go on your knees and have a breakdown every now and then and say, Lord, I just can't do life without you. I need you. I need you in, in every area of my life, in my relationships, in, in, in finance, in everything that I do. I need you in those areas. And when we do that, then suddenly God starts to step in and things change and helps us. To be led by the Spirit is to be aware or focused on what He wants to do next to expect something, to, to wait upon Him, to be led is to follow. 
but we want to lead constantly, we want to be first, and we want to do all these things. God wants to work a miracle in your life. And the only way for that to happen is if you stand back and allow Him to work that miracle. It's, there might be some things right now in your life that is, it's impossible for you to change. But I promise you, God can do it. He's an expert in those areas. He's been doing it for a really long time. He knows, he knows how to handle things. He knows how to take care of it. But if we think we can do it on our own, you know, the Spirit of God has nothing to prove. The Spirit of God will stand back because of the, at the, at the, because of the smallest ego in a room. He'll stand back and he will say, no, go for it. If you, if you think you can do it, do it. Go for it. <laughs> he doesn't have to prove himself. But let's allow him to, to step in, even now. In South Africa, there's an old lady that, that drove on a gravel road. She was going really fast, and she lost control of the vehicle, and, and she just shouted out to God and said, Lord, please take over. And um, she woke up a day or two later, and uh, the pastor asked her what happened. And she said, you know, I was in the car, lost control, but I cried out. I showed out to God and said, Lord, take over this car. So the pastor said, what happened? She said to him, Pastor, you won't believe it. God rolled the car three times. That's what he did. <laughs> it's amazing how people wait at that last moment and then they want to surrender to God. There might be some of you this morning that's not there yet. Why don't you give God opportunity while things are kind of stable, while things are working, while, you know, you... you <laughs> Give him the advantage, give him, allow him now to start to work. I really believe, I really believe with my whole heart, we can live a life of abundance. Jesus came to bring life, not just life, but life in abundance. I believe we can go into a spiritual summer for the rest of our lives. Life can be easy, life can be fun, ministry can be amazing. Business can be amazing. It can be an amazing journey, easy journey. It doesn't have, everything doesn't have to have to be difficult. It doesn't have to be so challenging. Everything, fight, fight, fight. It doesn't have to be. Jesus paid a price for that. He died so that we can live. There's a lot of people that's alive today, but they don't have abundance in their lives. They're just existing. Just trying to make it month by month, day by day. God wants to give us a life that is full of joy and, and full of blessings, full of so many things. Do, will we have storms? Yes. Storms is part of life. But the way when you're in relationship with God, the way a storm affects you and the way a storm aff affects someone that's not in relationship with God is completely different. Completely different. My parents, <coughs> father-in-law, they are... Um, they. It's a third-generation thing. My father's father-in-law wanted to sail around the world with a boat. And um, they, he built a business up to be able to do that, and then he died, and, and, and then his son wanted to take over that mandate to do it. And so it has been passed on to my father-in-law. So my father-in-law retired at the age of 50, and right now he's sailing around the world. Um, so him and his wife, they got a boat, and they're, they're fulfilling this mandate that, that third generations had to do. They really... Um, I always joke when, I, when we speak about our, our outlaws or in-laws, <laughs> um, I always tell people, you know, you can't beat my, mine. He's a pirate. You know? <laughs> so 
they doing that, and they had to go through so many things and courses and that, and um, uh, we've been with them on one of these trips or while they were training. It was amazing to me because they explained to me that when they left Cape Town, South Africa, the first crossing that they have to do to, to Brazil is 30 days on the ocean with no land, just the two of them, and um, uh, how they have to adapt to a lot of things. And... Um, on, on their way, it's a sailboat, but they still have engines to help here and there where there's no wind. So on their way halfway, one of the engines broke. And then the second part, um, the second engine broke. So the last 500 nautical miles, uh, basically when they came to the States and here, they're in, in American St. Augustine at the moment, um, they had the last 500 nautical miles, they had to sail just by wind didn't have any engines or anything to help, okay? And he shared something with me, now they did it. On the ocean, they had to look and find storms to propel them forward because they needed that wind. So wherever a storm is, is where wind will be, and they need that wind to move into different directions. And therefore, in a Christian's life, and this is what I want to try to explain to you, that the same storm, the way it will affect you, it will be a blessing to you. It won't be a curse. A storm in your life will, will be a blessing where it will bring wind to move you forward, get you to the destination where God wants you to be. That's how it will affect you. So I want to encourage you to look differently at storms and not just you know, break down every time and think, how will I get out of it, but to look at it from the Holy Spirit's point of view to say, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do about this or in this situation? Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.